Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to The Trader, a trader's podcast. My name is David Bloomberg, and I'm your host here for season one of The Traders Canada. The Trader features deep dives into every episode of the multi-award winning hit TV competition show, The Traders, as well as interviews with contestants from the shows. For those of you who know me from my other podcasting, this is a bit different in that it's a recap and analysis rather than going through the format I use in looking at both Survivor and Big Brother players. This week, of course, we're here to discuss episode two, where we finally got some actual eliminations. But before we get to the episode, we have some news from the world of the traders this week. Normally, we do the news first before bringing on my guest for the week. But my guest for the week is the usual host for the trader, Matthew Keeley. And he's also going to give us the news. Hooray! I'm back. <laughs> I, I wasn't gone long. I, yeah. I, I didn't really stay away. I stayed away for one episode, and I've returned. Hooray! <laughs> back from Trader's Tower. Well, you see, there's just there's so much news to talk about. I had to immediately come back and tell you what's going on. A little inside baseball, um, or inside cricket i guess for british listeners i don't know um cricket in scotland no 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 <laughs> okay inside golf i don't know um sure. we wanted to you know kind of ease into the transition uh with uh, matthew for episode one but our schedules wouldn't match up so we just had that little intro and then now here he is easing yes and and beyond this i may not return for a while but uh <laughs> i'm here now that's right. So I think we could uh, go ahead and talk about the latest updates in TT News. Yet again, more awards success for the Traitors UK. 
The program has won in the reality TV category at the Venice TV Awards. The ceremony took place two weeks after the famous Venice Film Festival and is a tribute to and celebration of television, which aims to increase national and international recognition for both producers and broadcasters who create high quality output. The jury comprises TV professionals from all over the world, which makes this a particularly impressive win. Additionally, Claudia Winkleman is nominated for a C21 Format Award for her role as Traitors UK host. The C21s are the leading awards for the global format business, recognising creativity and excellence across a range of categories. Claudia is nominated in the Best Host of a Television Format category, alongside five other nominees, including Bradley Walsh, Kiki Palmer and Lee Mack, amongst others. Sadly and surprisingly, The Traitors was not nominated in the competition reality format category, where another another Studio Lambert production, Rise and Fall, was nominated. Uh, I've spoken about my feelings for Rise and Fall before on the podcast, and the fact that it, quite honestly, just wasn't that great makes this a very bizarre nomination to me. Anyway, the C21 Format Awards ceremony takes place pretty soon on Sunday, October the 15th, so we'll find out how both of them fare then. Next, all three media have announced a very exciting, immersive experience for the traitors. The event will be created by The Everywhere Group, an award-winning live experience company and leader in the immersive sector. The Everywhere Group has an exclusive UK development agreement for the Traitors format that will see them developing a live playable social experience to immerse participants in the world of the Traitors. I hope it's not too immersive. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) people getting murdered and stuff. Who knows? I'm not ruling anything out. (laughs) Nick Smith at All3 Media International commented, We are delighted to have partnered with the brilliant team at the Everywhere Group in order to create a faithful recreation of the dramatic world of the traitors for fans to step into. The Everywhere Group have an exceptional track record for turning vivid on-screen brands into unforgettable live experiences. And what could be more unforgettable than being murdered by your nearest and dearest? The the Everywhere Group have created other immersive experiences like Doctor Who, Time Fracture, Peaky Blinders, The Rise, and Great Gatsby, New York, which have been big successes. Based on these, I imagine the Traitors experience will be more like a theatre show with interactive elements rather than an escape room or a murder mystery party. Maybe the audience helped choose who to murder and banish, or maybe they helped choose the traitors in the first place. I'm really excited to find out a lot more about this one. And of course, if it's in the UK, I will eventually be looking (laughs) into attending. I mean, I understand what you're saying, but it literally says in the in the promo, you know, who can forget being murdered or whatever. So yeah, yeah, they say these things. <laughs> now, I, yeah, I was at um, Doctor Who Time Fracture. I uh, went to that in Wales. Oh, wow, uh, fantastic. Cardiff when it was there. Uh, and that was a lot of fun. Um, I would think you were lying if we <laughs> if you had introduced the game at this point, but you haven't introduced the game it. at this point. So dang I'm gonna, it. I'm going to take your word for it. 
Yes, yes. I mean, you can also just look at my Twitter banner and see the row of Daleks that are there. <laughs> that I've, I've had there from the Doctor Who, was it museum or was it technically called the museum there? I don't remember. Uh, but that's where the time fracture experience, I, be, I think it was time fracture. It was a long time ago and, you know, wibbly wobbly. Uh, yes. <laughs> but uh, it was... Who was the doctor then? Oh well, we're getting off. Uh, we're we're getting off track <laughs> here a lot. But but yes, it was. Uh, we you know we we went to Wales specifically. We went to Cardiff specifically yeah. for that. So uh, if that is the news, uh, we can actually move into what you just mentioned: the fan favorite Tradar Traitor game. Each of us will lie to one another once during the podcast. The lie, of course, you all you know all this, but I'm you know saying it for the listeners. <laughs> the lie can be big or small about the traders, yourself, or anything else, as long as it is a complete fabrication. However, we are looking for fake facts, not fake opinions. Like I can't say I love the idea of being buried alive, which is kind <laughs> of an obvious lie for just about anyone anyway. <laughs> Uh, one modification that we discussed on the Australian season two finale is any lie involving numbers needs to be a decent size, like an order of magnitude. So I can't say I have six pages of notes for this episode when I only have five. And actually, I have eight anyway. But uh, I need to say I have, you know, 80 pages uh, at the end of our of this episode. We'll put our trader hunting skills to the test and see if we can detect the other person's lie. Are you ready to betray me? I am ready to betray you, and I feel very attacked by your new your new rule. <laughs> As, you <laughs> As you should. As you should. It's fine. I've taken it into account. I'm ready. Okay. In that case, our game begins now. So, no, it was not about Doctor Who. <laughs> All right. Well, we begin episode two, where episode one left off conveniently, uh, with the traitors in the tower discussing who to murder. And I can't say murder as as nicely as you do. So people are just going to have to deal with <laughs> deal with my, you know, Midwest uh, USA accent uh, saying murder. Yeah, I'll say it from time to time. All right. Uh, this leads us to the usual breakfast walk ins. Two of the three traders, Mike and Melissa B, were in the initial group. And Melissa B tells us she is changing the way she behaves because the other two told her she was so obvious the previous night. So now she has a mindset that she's a faithful. Uh, Crystal still thinks she's a traitor, but is wisely keeping it to herself. And to jump ahead a little bit, it occurs to me that like that's the last we hear on that topic all episode. So I guess she did a good job. Yeah, I noticed that as well. Yeah, right at the start, uh, there's still a little bit of suspicion around her, but it, it truly trails away. It just doesn't become a feature of the episode at all. So yeah, she seems to have escaped suspicion for now. Yeah, or just two people we're going to talk about drew so much attention that everybody else <laughs> uh, put the others aside. Uh, for the breakfast, I like the way they bring in larger groups rather than trickling in one or two at a time. Um, so that's good. It looks like a cold breakfast, so there won't be any fighting over the hash browns. Yeah, and a very, very floral breakfast. Like <laughs> it looked so, um, yeah, uh, like green and uh, fake plants everywhere. I was like, <laughs> am, am I am I watching the Great British Bake Off? It was so twee. <laughs> it was really weird, weird set decoration. Um, nice, but 
you know, not very sinister. <laughs> no, not very sinister. It's breakfast. Breakfast is a happy time and, <laughs> and until they find out who's been murdered. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, Fierce is the first of the possible targets to walk in. Uh, then the person I thought they'd target, Donna. So I, I guess I'm as good at predicting the future as she is. Uh, uh, Kevin, Erica, and Mai are left. Now, Mai was my backup prediction, but she walks in before the other two. Yeah. Uh, which means I know I'm going to be sad at the reveal. And also surprised because I thought Kuzi would be loyal to them both and protect them because they would protect her. But no, they killed Survivor 41 winner Erica. Now, are you are you quite familiar with her? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, very familiar with her. We'll get to that in a minute. But okay. um, I was actually going to lie to you about which Survivor she won. But with the numbers change, I realized <laughs> that would have had to be Survivor 410. Yeah. So, you know. I, I might have picked up on that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it doesn't surprise me that the traders kept Kevin because he was already drawing attention as a possible trader. So there was no reason to eliminate him. Erica, on the other hand, was doing exactly what she should, as I mentioned in the episode one podcast. And I was hoping she'd say stay so we could see it in action because she was the first person to voice what I believe is the proper strategy for a faithful to have. Uh, she was building good relationships, uh, making people think that she trusted them, including Koozie. And so, yeah, I noted last week as a reminder that the real job of any faithful is not trader hunting, but surviving with the knowledge of who the traders are and then take them out at the end. Yeah. Uh, as she said, after being murdered, there's the game of figuring out the traders and then there's the game of self-preservation from banishment. And the thing is, both of those require a somewhat under the radar game. And anyone, this is, you know, from Survivor 41, anyone who watched Survivor 41 knows that's how Erica won. Indeed, Melissa B. identified it somewhat, uh, saying Erica's not gaming. And that's what we saw in the Survivor season, as she made very quiet moves until near the end, when many of us saw through the edit at that time, and many people, including me, predicted she'd win in the lead up to the finale. So the key is, if you don't think Erica is gaming, she's gaming, yeah. especially early on. Uh, but they figured she'd never be a target for banishment. And which, by the way, I think is wrong. Uh, but um, they also knew that killing her off was a big statement. And I think that's one reason, one main reason they did it, too. So what did you think of their decision? Yeah, I got the impression that they realized Erica was probably just very clever and that she would mm -hmm. she would do well in this game. So they might as well get rid of her as soon as possible. And like you say, they they wanted to make a statement. It's this thing that we see in almost every season of the traitors, mm -hmm. that the traitors get together and their their first murder, they go for some Either either very big character or a very unexpected player. Uh, right. So that so they're sort of following that pattern. You you missed uh, something very important at breakfast, and it was a line of uh -oh. dialogue which truly made me laugh. <laughs> it was when Fierce came in and said, "I don't think I got murdered because every because <laughs> everybody loves me." Yes. <laughs> 
uh, and I just had to write that down because yeah. it was really funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes, Erica, Erica gone. Um, kind of not that surprised in a way. Yeah, and Kuzi wrote on Twitter uh, something to the effect uh, this this morning or last night. I'm not sure uh, as we're as we're recording this. Uh, something to the effect of "You scared us. That's why you had to go." Yeah. Uh, so, and I do wonder if, from a producer's perspective, I mean, the, the, presuming that the producers are quite hands off and they really do let the players mm-hmm. do what they want to do, I wonder how annoyed they are that we've got this big reality yes. TV winner and and they've just killed her in the first episode. I, you know, I wonder how annoyed they would be. I I think they and probably... her picture is in the logo, like the logo that they use for the Traders Canada. Her picture is in it. <laughs> yeah. um, but that was something that we discussed. Uh, uh, Spencer and I discussed last week was all this, uh, all this screen time being dedicated to Erica and Kevin and the other well-known you know, you might say celebrities as opposed, you know, at the expense of the other people. And one reason was, well, because viewers already know these people, so it's a way to get them in. But the other was that I thought, yeah, it could be so because some of them are not long for this game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, So, yeah, Erica left to go cry into her million (laughs) dollars, which which, by the way, uh, in, you know, since she is Canadian, her million dollars is worth more than the U.S. million dollars. Not ah. because of the exchange rate, but because it's not taxable in Canada. Uh-huh. Oh, I see. I see. <laughs> so she really did get a million dollars, whereas U.S., you get like 600. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's nothing to sneeze at. Don't get me wrong. But, but uh, <laughs> yeah, so she's so, she's she's at home crying into that. Yeah. A- and uh were you going to say something? I was going to just say that if you if you want to be on a reality TV competition show, you should just go to Canada. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why stick around in the States? Go to yeah. Canada. Avoid that tax. <laughs> well, yes, but also Canadian traders, the maximum prize is 100000 and U.S. traders is 250000 At least That's the true. first one was. So... Well, go on Survivor. You know, well, there is no Canadian Survivor, so that's why the U.S. finally started allowing Canadians in. Uh, was that it, you know for a long time Canadians could not play Survivor anywhere. There was no Canadian Survivor. There was a Canadian Big Brother, but they could watch U.S. Survivor. They just couldn't play in it. And then finally, they started uh, letting them in, and. Almost right away, they started winning. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, they they actually so in they had one Canadian player in an earlier season, uh, but he was someone who had moved to the U.S. He was a hockey player. And then they had Canadian players in 41, and Erica won. Then they had Canadian players in 42 and a Canadian one again. And then they had no Canadian players in 43. They were like, nope, we're done with this. <laughs> No more. No more. <laughs> Do you have anything else about breakfast? Like, yeah, I uh, just think okay. Kevin told us he had been talking too much and needed to go under the radar himself. Now, as I was watching that, I was like, I don't know that it's possible for Kevin to go under the radar, especially now. But, you know, looking to the future again, yeah, yeah actually it was. Yeah. Uh, I 
towards the end of breakfast, uh, the host comes in and suggests that the traitors were probably sleeping really well last night mm-hmm. and that the faithful... She, it was like she was trying to give them a clue. She said the faithful will be worried and stressed and anxious and they won't sleep all night. And I sort of thought, is she is she telling them to just look around the table at who looks awful, yeah. who looks really bad? <laughs> Can you imagine? I think Matthew's a faithful. He looks terrible today. <laughs> <laughs> but I was thinking it would be the opposite because the, the, the traders are the one who have to give up sleep to go to the tower. Well, that's true. Yeah, they, they stay up later filming, so... I guess that balances it out. Uh, basically, yeah. everyone's everyone's tired. Everyone looks terrible. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So, she immediately takes. Uh, she being Corrine, uh, immediately from breakfast starts the challenge, uh, and says, "Okay, I need six volunteers," and we meet uh, Melissa A for essentially the first time. I think she was on screen briefly. Uh, I, I knew there had to be a Melissa A because there was a Melissa B. Yeah. But um, and then we uh, uh, also I had forgotten that we met Mickey, uh, that he was the Amazing Race uh, Canada winner. But I was reminded of that. And so then they they head off. And on the drive there, Rick, uh, for the other players, uh, Rick talks about how he tried some trader hunting by asking Colin why he thinks Erica would have been targeted. And he caught Colin contradicting what he previously said, because he in in response, he said Erica would have been the last person he would have chosen. But previously, he had said he didn't want someone to win who didn't need it. Now, personally, I don't really think this is a contradiction. But I mean, yeah. it's just to say she's the last person I would have chosen. It doesn't literally mean she was last that he would have gotten out. It just meant not right now. Um, but two of the traders are in the car with Rick and they're encouraging this kind of thing. They're like, yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, they're they're completely throwing Colin, the bus driver under his own bus. Yeah. And it and it goes on to to form such a crucial element of the whole episode now. And, but I like I I was also confused. I thought have I missed something? Like I I it sort it all to me this whole thing completely spirals out of control. Which oh, yeah. again the tracers are really yes. enjoying. But I couldn't really pin down why it was such a big deal and why everyone cared about it so much. So I I found so much of the episode. And the banishment, quite confusing, actually. I think it's just like the first banishment, and I've used this example before, like the first vote in a, you know, a mafia game, for example. Nobody has any idea, usually. Yeah. I mean, New Zealand was a different story. But <laughs> usually, nobody has any idea, you know, and so they're looking for anything. Uh, and, and it can be a slip of the tongue, and it, you know, but this... I mean, this is, you know, he contradicted himself. And it's like, well, I mean, I suppose you can catch a traitor in a lie of this sort, maybe. But it just doesn't. I mean, and it does go along with what he had said. You know, which I have thoughts about that later. I, I will echo Koozie's thoughts about that later. But, you know, he had said, 
let's get rid of the people or I don't want someone with a lot of money to win. And they get rid of the million dollar winner. You know, yeah. so so it does go along with that. But yeah, it's it's like you said, much ado about nothing. But Mm -hmm. a lot of the votes are much ado about nothing. Well, exactly. (laughs) So they move into the challenge, which is one that is familiar to many of us who have seen previous seasons. Yes. Uh, The six volunteers are put into graves. Each person dug up is worth $1,500. So as I mentioned last week, a much lower possible prize pool than the first challenge where they dumped 20% of the possible prize pool right out of the gate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kareen explains that the others are split in three teams, so two buried people each. The buried people can communicate by walkie-talkies and provide clues. Each reads off the first clues to send the team to their first stop on the map. Then they start giving their second clue, which is in the form of a shield with some images on it. So uh, that those shields are on other gravestones that are not where they're buried. And then they use that information to get themselves to the actual graveyard and determine which they should dig up, which the the part about digging up was a little confusing because there were only six graves yeah. uh, and there were six people <laughs> in them. So I, if you dug up the wrong one, is it really that, you know, that big of a deal? But OK, whatever. Uh, Mickey is released first, then each of everyone on the red and green teams and the blue team is nowhere to be found. Uh, so uh, Donna and I think it was uh, Trevon um, have to be rescued for no money for a grand total of $6,000. Yeah. I didn't know that this was the challenge this week. I don't know if they showed a preview of it at the end of episode one. You know, mm-hmm. they show you a little clips of what's coming. And I, I've said this before in the podcast, I never watch those sections. Like, ah. I actually just stop because I don't really want to see what's going to happen next week. Like, I don't need an incentive to watch. I'm going to mm-hmm. watch anyway. Uh, so... Yeah, they, they're, they're being buried alive. Like you said, we've seen this before in The Traitors. And it's funny because just today, so I, I work in TV development, and just today I was watching so many clips of the, I think it's old, uh, the, the show called Fear Factor in mm-hmm. the States. Does, is, does that still, is that still on TV? I don't think so. Yeah. But Joe Rogan was the host, and now he makes oh. a lot more money by... <laughs> Saying insane just, things on podcasts. Yes. Yeah. Okay. There you go. That that'll do it. Yeah. That sums it up. Ah, I didn't realize he that's was part of his background. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. I was watching Fear Factor clips of people being buried alive and being, um, being in cages underwater with tiny holes to breathe through, and uh, they're they're reviving it for UK TV, which is why I was watching clips of it. Just like Big Brother. Uh, has come back to UK TV. It's been mm-hmm. gone for five years, but it's just started up again. Uh, so it, it was then funny to watch the episode tonight and I thought, oh, more people being buried alive. I've spent a lot of time today watching this as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be dreaming about it tonight. Uh, it's not looking good. My, my favorite part was uh, our host 
she she was describing the task to them and she used the phrase ensconced in your tombs <laughs> and i just thought wow highbrow ensconced <laughs> waiting <laughs> so i i like that i thought good top notch vocabulary yeah uh i thought that these coffins looked a little bigger than some of the ones we'd previously seen it looked like they had a little bit more room yeah. like the the lid yeah. wasn't quite quite right on top of their faces um but it's it's still being buried alive yes um, <laughs> although for a tv show so you know it's you know it's, you're going to be rescued yes. you know. there's an inch about an inch of soil it's, yeah it's yeah. not too bad right um so uh, in answer to your earlier question did i know that this was coming they had clips and i didn't remember if they said next time or this season, mm, okay. but the graveyard was certainly featured in, you know, all of them. Okay. So, yeah, we knew it was coming. Yeah. So they get everybody out on the drive back. Donna tells her car that she believes she's on the banishment list and that Colin is the other one. Considering that she was told last episode <laughs> and literally wept to everyone about it. It doesn't take a psychic to figure that one out. No, you take it back. She's psychic and I won't hear another word about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is an interesting, it's an interesting, well, you're in TV development and you know, usually it's show don't tell. Uh, yeah. In this case, it was just tell flat out. Like literally <laughs> we're just going to have Donna tell us right off the bat who is going to be in trouble in the banishment room. And I mean, they do some showing after that. Well, a lot of showing after, but it was like it was almost like this is why you're not going to get any clips of anyone else. It is just these two. Right. And so Donna says it. And there you go. Yeah. I, I also uh, he, someone in the car. I can't, I didn't spot who it was. Someone in the car said, I swear on my children, I'm a faithful and it made me think of you because I think you hate when when players say stuff like this. Is that right? <laughs> well, Colin is the one who has repeatedly said, I swear on my children. OK, um, I don't remember if he was in that car or someone no, said it been. somewhere. Yeah, he he said it repeatedly through the episode okay, okay. with sunglasses on, with sunglasses off, with, <laughs> you know, he just he, he said it repeatedly. And I mean, it's I, I it's fine to say <laughs> it's a little early to say. And the problem is, for anyone who hasn't heard me talk about this before, or is a refresher if you have, the problem is, if let, let's say that he is recruited later yeah, and wants to tell people he's still not a traitor, is he still going to swear on his children? Yeah. If not, it's a giveaway. Yeah, yeah. If so, then it never meant anything to begin with anyway, which it shouldn't. You're in a game. Swear on whatever the heck you need to swear on. <laughs> I don't care, but it's, you know, it's just, it's silly. For that reason, no one should believe him one way or another. Right. So. Yeah, it's, it's they are just words and anyone can say anything. Uh, right. Yeah. People all the time in this game say I, I'm 100% faithful. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's, so what, you know. 
right. a, a traitor, you'll find a out you'll job find is out. to lie. Right. You'll find out when you ban if you banish me, you'll see. You'll see. Yeah. You're gonna look silly. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Now we meet uh Leroy the firefighter, or at least I think we're meeting him for the first time. Um, <laughs> as as Rick continues his anti-Colin crusade. Leroy feels like Rick is pushing too hard, which he is, but we've already been told who the two are that are going to be focused on. So <laughs> um, Fierce is on board with going after Colin because Colin had told both Donna and Dom that he'd heard their names in and he said it in very similar words. But it turns into this whole confusing mess because Colin denies it and uh, so he gets mad and says, go get Donna. And they eventually get to the point that Donna had said Colin was telling Dom his name was going around. But Dom was like, no, he'd heard Colin bringing up her name. So she misunderstood and caused this this whole thing. Now, I would understand. If there was confusion between Dom and Donna, because their names are close enough that you could mishear one. Yeah. But this is Donna hearing it. So it's it's not like she's going to confuse her own name <laughs> with Dom. So she she couldn't even get this right as it was told to her. And Fierce, worried about being targeted now for even bringing this up, at the, as I'm watching this, I'm really thinking the blowback will be and should be on Donna. And, you know, Colin's like, I'm done trying to save you. And it's it, it just. Yeah, I don't under this whole thing was just I mean, I, I think it was a spinoff of what happened with Kevin in the first episode where people were talking about, oh, Kevin came to me and said, you know, he trusts me and, and wants to work with me in very similar words. And so I think, you know, that was already in Donna's mind, perhaps when. And so she's like, oh, look, Colin's doing the same thing with me and Dom. And it's like, no, it's you just totally misunderstood. Yeah, I again, I was confused by the whole thing. Really, <laughs> yes. I, 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 it was just a sort of series of people saying. I said this and I didn't mean that and I misheard this and I got their name wrong and go and ask her what she really said and it was it's just so trivial but already I could see okay this is what this is what banishment room is going to be about tonight uh, mm -hmm. this is where we're being led um, and <laughs> I really laughed as well, again at fierce for saying uh, to some of the other guys, we could be the first Traitors franchise that gets a traitor out in the first banishment. <laughs> uh, obviously, this was filmed pre-New Zealand, uh, yes. but they they didn't know that. So and, right. and and how wrong they turn out to be, of course. Yes. Anyway, yes. yes. Now, part of the confusion also was that interspersed with the argument, there was a clip where Colin was in a discussion with Melissa A. and uh, Rick pushed him. I, 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 there were a couple of different clips. I think it was Rick in this time. It was Kevin another time. But I think it was Rick pushes him to take his sunglasses off so he can look her in the eye and swear yeah. on his kids' lives. It, it, and then it's like, wait, but wasn't Colin inside our the, the placement of this clip was very strange. Mm -hmm. um, 
It's like, just tell one story and then you can tell the sunglasses story separately. You don't have to <laughs> intersperse them. Um, so then that's about it. I mean, that you know, there, there aren't really many more interesting conversations to be had. Yeah. Uh, so we're headed into the round table. And it looks like, surprise, surprise, either Donna or Colin will be banished. I'm not sure going into it why people would side against Colin when it's been proven that Donna was the one who was wrong or lying. But either way, the two people that I thought would be in trouble coming into this, uh, Mary or not Mary, uh, Melissa B and Kevin have avoided the spotlight. Yes. So let's hear it for big personalities who, you know, let other people hide. <laughs> Although part of me did, I mean, every now and then in other versions of the traitors, there are cases where there are two, we think we know mm -hmm. where banishment's going. And then sort of halfway through the discussion, someone's name is thrown in and, and we yes. get this complete swerve away. So part of me thought, maybe someone will bring up Melissa B again and we'll divert back to her. Uh, but, but no, it just, she's, she's never mentioned at all. The discussion is, is pretty narrow uh, and, it, and it just goes exactly where we think it's going to go. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, well, if this were Australia season two, <laughs> it would take such a left turn that no one would see it coming. <laughs> Yeah, but Sarah wasn't uh, except there. Except the different, <laughs> yeah, the difference is if it were Australia season two, they would have started looking at Melissa B and then <laughs> gone after one of the other ones. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, all right. Well, Colin opens the round table and says, look, I know I'm a target uh, and it's all Donna's fault and tries to throw suspicion on her as, as he should. She responds by questioning why he would want to help her when he didn't even know her. And my immediate thought is, well, there's no reason a traitor would want to help you. And so why, you know, I, I don't see how this accusation back really helps things. But before I could even type my notes on that, Kuzi says the same thing. And Donna's response is, well, I'm gullible. I just want to take that in for a second. <laughs> Donna, the supposed psychic, admits that she's gullible. Yeah, I'm just going to leave that there for now. Yeah, I spotted that as well. And even the psychic or not, I thought that's a terrible thing to say in this game. Yes. <laughs> I don't, it's don't like, admit to that. <laughs> I mean, it's good for the traders. The traders are like, well, we're not going to bother with her. But the... Yeah, the rest of the people might be like, well, even if we can't get out a traitor, at least we got to get out the gullible person. Yeah, unless you're bluffing, unless you're deliberately, your te your te technique, your tactic is to portray yourself as the simple, whimsical person who doesn't really know what's happening, but actually you've got a secret devious plan. But I, I don't, I don't think that's what Donna's I, I, doing. I don't think she has a secret <laughs> devious plan. No, not here. <laughs> there's, there, there's no Erica in Donna. No. no <laughs> All right. Well, my brings up that she'd heard Colin's names multiple times from multiple people, even though she didn't know where it started. So, this reminded me of something, and I want to use this opportunity to bring it up because 
I found that this happened a lot in my old office before I retired. <laughs> and I suspect it happens in a lot of workplaces. I would hear a rumor about somebody and then I'd hear the same rumor for someone else and someone else. Now, it might seem, aha, this is confirming evidence. This must be true. I'm hearing it from multiple people. And many people take it that way. Well, I heard it from multiple people. It must be true. But I would take the extra step. I would track it back. Oh, who did you hear that from? And in almost every case, all those different branches went back to the same origin. <laughs> so it was one person saying something and spreading it to other people. And then others started hearing the same rumor from multiple people. So they figured that must be right. And then they spread it. But no, it was the same rumor. And it was usually false and usually spread by my secretary who never met a rumor she didn't believe in pass on. Um, <laughs> and uh, after I figured it out, I would put the kibosh on it and, you know, tell people like, no, stop it. That's not true, which did not make me popular with the rumor mill or my <laughs> old secretary. Uh, I, I had to one time I had to literally yell via speakerphone at a guy who worked for me and he was in an office half the state away. He was in he was in a field office. I was his manager and I had directed him to stop spreading a false rumor. And in under a day, I heard that he was telling this rumor to other people who worked like 50 feet away from me. <laughs> so I sat there on the phone, my door open so that everyone in the office could hear me doing this. So they knew exactly where I stood, just reaming him out over speakerphone. Uh, so yes, that is my thought on spreading false rumors. Uh, and I think the same thing could easily happen in a situation like the traders, which is why I bring it up, not just to, you know, tell a, tell a story. <laughs> um, but the difference is you don't have time to track it back and you maybe also don't have the inclination to do it because if someone else is a target, great. It's not you. And also, yeah. if you start asking questions, people are going to be like, why Why are they asking questions? And the target could shift to you. Yeah. If, yeah. If there's a rumor out there, jump on it. If it keeps eyes off you. Uh, it also reminds me of a situation in Traitors Australia Season 1. Um, and I, I don't think this is a spoiler. I don't think I'm ruining anything here. Uh, at this er point, you know. <laughs> Skip ahead 30 seconds if you really care. Um, with uh, one of the players called Olivia, who claimed that another player called Jack sort of whispered something to her after a challenge about who he was going to murder that night. And it and it actually turns out he didn't really say that at all. But Olivia mm -hmm. tells so many different... And it just mushrooms, and it's all anyone is talking about. And it results in this poor guy, Jack... I think he's the first person of the season banished. All based on this wild rumor that travels around and he gets banished and is like, I I'm a faithful and I don't know what you're all talking about. Um, the weird thing was, though, that Olivia also wasn't a traitor. So it's not like she was actively trying to sabotage him. It was a very strange situation. Yeah, I don't remember specific names, so maybe you're lying to me about them here. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but I do remember the situation and... I think she that's happened several times in that season where yeah. people would 
And I think it was her often like her mishearing things and then spreading it around as if it was true. Yeah. And eventually people are like, why does this keep coming back to you? You know, why, <laughs> why does this keep happening? And she just I, I don't know. She just didn't. She misheard things. She yeah. Yeah. saw things that weren't there. And it was like. But I mean, it's, you know, I, I mean, other things have happened to, you know, get things started like I would. I would murder for a, uh, you know, a cup of coffee type of thing. And, uh, you know, that type of thing. It's like, oh, no, I just, you know. Um, people can hear or mishear things all the time. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Next up in people, speaking of people using their words against them, um, people did the same to Colin because of what we talked about earlier. He said he'd rather see someone win who needs the money. Now, Melissa A. and Kevin aren't happy with that. Kevin fully understand. He is a professional poker player, high stakes. Um, he won, you know, Canadian Big Brother. He would be viewed as having money. Melissa A, I looked up her, her, uh, what her job is, and it was like teacher. And I'm thinking, well, that that's not someone who makes a lot of money. But then it started, it went into that she also started her own company. Mm-hmm. So maybe she would be viewed uh, by some as having money, or maybe she just thought it wasn't fair and it didn't matter how much money she personally had. And this issue has been discussed since the early days of Survivor. I remember there was a, a dentist on Survivor and he at one point foolishly talked about having sports cars. And people are like, well, why would we ever give him the million dollars? He already has money. Yeah. And I fall into the camp that it should not matter. You're playing a game. Yes, there is a prize at the end of the game, but you're you're playing the game. It should be based on what happens in that game. It, it shouldn't be like, oh, this person needs the money more. Kind of some of the things we heard from certain people in the Traders U.S. reunion. Uh, but, you know, it's it it should be based on what you do in the game. However, I also say Colin never should have said that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the point of the game is to find traitors. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> well, 
no the, that's maybe that's the it's the point of the the point yeah. of the game is to find them the the as a technique of winning yes. that's maybe not wise yeah. to do very early on uh but yeah so uh, i don't know if paying attention to that is I, I kind of understand maybe as you get towards the end game and mm-hmm. you, you're faced with a really tough choice of taking a chance on someone being a favorite mm-hmm. at the end. And maybe then you think, well, I don't really think this person's a traitor, but they might be. And they're probably not going to be that upset if I get rid of them mm-hmm. because they have lots of money. So, so I'll do it now. But yeah, throughout the game, it's probably a bit unfair or 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 unhelpful to, to use right. that. Right, right. Yeah. And I was thinking uh, for the U.S., I was thinking of some of the people who lost. But uh, as you spoke, I was reminded that the winner, let's face it, everyone should know who the winner of U.S. Traders season one (laughs) is by now. But the winner used it against uh, Ari because he is, in fact, very wealthy. And uh, she used it with the two people who lost to try and to help convince them to take him out. So, yeah, if you have people it's a tool that you can use if you're close enough to people, if you're close to the end game. Don't just come in and announce it straight out of the gate. Yeah. Because you're going to get yourself killed. Yeah. Metaphorically speaking. <laughs> then the round table continues. Mary sides with Colin, but then uh, Rick continues his anti-Colin crusade. I could have just cut and paste that like throughout my whole notes. Rick continues his anti <laughs> um, Koozie made me laugh, and this is something I referenced earlier, by saying she doesn't think Colin is a traitor because he's too careless with what he's been saying. So it's like, I mean, it was basically like, you're just too dumb to be a traitor. (laughs) (laughs) And it's true. You know, I mean, not the dumb part, the too careless part. Like, there are certain things he would not have. I I would hope he would not have said if he were a traitor. Um, But the funny thing is, on, we've seen on several other seasons, you might have thought that, that, okay, this person should be ruled out because obviously they wouldn't say that if they were a traitor. But the faithful still go for it. Like, you know, they just gang right up on it uh, like fruit flies on a banana uh, and go after their own people for dumb reasons like that. So I don't know if you had anything else for the roundtable before the voting. Uh not before the vote, no, I just had a one silly thing about what Rick says when he votes. <laughs> okay. Yes, uh, yeah, and that's where it starts. Rick votes Colin. I don't remember exactly what he said. He ju- ju- he votes for Colin and says, I love you all. And I just oh, think, yes. I just when these moments, you think maybe at the end of the season, you've grown really right. close to these people. But I'm like, it's, you've known these people a day maybe yeah. i love you all have you spoken to them all yet <laughs> like i don't even nah. know their names yet uh so it just I makes did, me laugh yeah. when people say it's, these things it's funny because i didn't write that down but i did think of the same thing when when he said that i'm like i love you all okay i mean on survivor sometimes we'll see you know in the first three days there's some intense bonding but you're on an island with no food, no sleep, and these people are all you have. Even then, I think three days is a pretty short time, although we've seen it on the current season of Survivor, you know, where people are like, oh, you know, I can't bear to vote for this person. And, and it's like you've known them for three days. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, I love you all after one day. Is I mean, maybe Rick just loves everyone. 
Yeah. Maybe that's why. <laughs> I guess it's just the intensity of right. being on a TV show. Uh, even again, the Big Brother just began again in the UK and mm-hmm. and the first the first night, the launch night when all the all the housemates go into the house, I can't, I can't remember the scenario, but there's some immediate task they've got to do or a mission. And one of the one of the housemates stands up and goes, Well, get look, guys, we're all friends. And I think you, <laughs> you literally just met them moments ago. <laughs> uh, but I get people, they just, they feel excited that they're there and they've got something in common already and they're on a show together. Uh, so, so you get carried away. Yeah. Yeah. Not the first time I would have heard someone say, oh, yeah, we're all friends here. We're all <laughs> I, I'm trying to think of the scenario where I heard it, but I can't now. It's you know a symptom of watching too much reality TV that. You know, some of the things blur together, but yeah, I've, I've, you know, seen similar things like, well, we're all friends, so we'll do the, and it's like, no, no, you literally just, I think it was actually now that, now that I'm thinking, I think it was the first episode of survivor this season too. Like a tribe gets, you know, onto the boat and in the first challenge, they're like, well, you know, we're all friends and we're going to do this. And it's like, you, I mean, you've been hanging out without speaking to each other for like a week, but no, no, you're not friends, <laughs> like you said. <laughs> All right. So uh, after Rick, you know, votes Colin, Crystal votes Donna. Uh, Mary doesn't trust her vote, but goes with Colin. And we could name off everybody else, but it's a landslide because Colin gets all the rest of the votes except for Kuzi, Dazila, and Gurpier. I hope I pronounced that right. And I apologize if I didn't. Um so along the way, uh, Trevon tells us uh, his thought was if it comes to two people, he'll just flip a coin. Uh, Dom says in voting, I have to go with the consensus decision. And both are right. There is no need to stand out in any way. And I think it also mostly explains what happened to Colin. He was too visible. He was too disruptive. Traitor or not, he was a distraction. Uh Personally, I would have probably voted Donna because the whole kerfuffle really did seem to be her fault. Yeah. And she doesn't, you know, like we said earlier, she doesn't seem to be very useful either in terms of figuring out what's going on since she admitted she was gullible. Yeah. I also just remembered, I didn't write this down, but as you were speaking, I think it was Mary when she votes for Colin and she she, she says... Like she she turns over the slate with his name and says, "Oh, I don't I don't even think it's you. I do, I don't mm-hmm. really think you're a traitor." And I think, well, why are you writing his name down? And don't and and I understand that they vote in numbers and you vote politically, but mm-hmm. don't admit it. Don't write someone's yeah. name down and then openly say, "I don't actually think it's you." Like I just like just don't speak. <laughs> yeah, but that's something we've seen, too, on, on multiple recent seasons. It's like, well, I don't think it's you, but I'm still voting you. And it's just like, <sighs> yeah, I'm sure that makes them feel better as they're kicked out of the game. <laughs> so, yeah, Colin is banished and, of course, uh, tells him, tells them that he was a faithful. Uh, Rick tells us he'll go visit Colin to apologize in person. <laughs> uh, Mary gets upset that she went with the mob, but there wasn't really anything she could do other than like you said not talk um and so i i do think she's being a little hard on herself for the vote itself 
Uh, Corrine tells them that they should all consider who is telling them the wrong information, which makes me wonder if this is going to rebound on Rick, because as I mentioned, cut and paste. Yeah. Rick continues his crusade against Colin. So then we cut to chatting at the manor after the round table. <laughs> yes. Now, my at this point makes or may, sorry, may makes a very good point that they all had someone else's name in mind, but they worried that if they said it and that person really was a traitor and they didn't have numbers, they could become a target. Yeah, she's right. exactly yeah. right. I mean, she is 100 percent right. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, she's right. And it must be frustrating to want to to have intuitions and have gut feelings or have really good reasons to vote for someone but you have to fight that instinct in order to survive so she's she's pointing out something that's correct but to actually follow that advice is probably not actually a very good idea tactically yes yeah and let, i mean you have i mean we've seen it in in previous seasons even if you're sure you have to round up the numbers Otherwise, you just become, you know, this this voice, uh, one, you know, one of a few voices. And if you're right, well, then maybe you're murdered next. Yeah. Or and you, you have to be particularly careful if you're right. a traitor and mm -hmm. you want to turn on one of your fellow traitors. Yes. And we've seen that go awry before. Yes, exactly. Uh, if you want to turn on, on one of your own you really need to be sure it's going to work. Otherwise, it's incredibly awkward afterwards. Yes, yes. Very awkward uh, tower meetings later. Yes, yes. So uh, then Mike says, hey, everyone, I'm not really a magician. So weird. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I'm like, wait, what? What is he going to tell them about the CIA thing? Is he going to? I, I don't understand. No, he's just kidding. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and and then he whips out a pack of cards and starts doing card tricks while telling us that deceiving people is what he does. So, if he feels like he's basically running things there, yeah, I this was strange in so many ways. Uh, <laughs> I was really just confused. Uh, firstly, I naively thought he was about to say. I'm a traitor and <laughs> I I can't do this. I'm leaving the game, and off he goes. I thought, is he? Is he about to just quit? Uh, and then, I yeah, he, he said, oh, I'm a magician. He does his trick, and then in his interview says something about, yeah, as a magician, what I do is misdirect mm -hmm. people. And I thought, why is you showing them a card trick misdirecting them? If anything, I just thought, you're kind of drawing attention to yourself here. Yeah. That's a really bad idea. Just, just be quiet. <laughs> You're doing really well so far. Don't ruin it. I, yeah, he's definitely got a little bit of uh, Australian Sam in him there. Uh, yeah. he, you know, that he he can't just be a traitor. He has to gloat about being a traitor. Yeah. Um. I mean, I don't think he'll ever go full Sam. And you never want to go full Australian Sam. No. no. You do want to go full New Zealand Sam. You do not want to go full <laughs> Australian Sam. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he... I, it was just so weird. And, and, you know, it wasn't it all. Maybe it was just his way of transitioning into card tricks. But 
why would you say I'm, I, I don't understand? I don't understand it at all unless it was, you know, some weird out of context clip that we got. Yeah, it could be. Uh, maybe. Very, very strange in the episode, though. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of Mike, it's time for the traders to gather in the tower. Uh, Kuzi wants to take out someone who will never be seen as a trader and names Trevon. Uh, however, she also notes that someone on Mike and Melissa's team wasn't good enough because they didn't get the money. Uh, so they name Dr. Nazila. And add that she'll never be thought of as a trader either, which is likely because I didn't even remember who they were talking about. Yeah, and yeah. even when they showed pictures, I still had to go back and I'm like, who is this? Oh, it was the lady in red at the at, at the round table. OK, now I re vaguely remember who that is. Um, Mike is thinking, oh, yeah, people may try harder if they believe players are being targeted for not being as good in missions. Yeah, that's great, but the traders don't give a reason when they eliminate someone. It's not like, you know, Kareen comes out and says, Nazila has been murdered yeah. because she was too slow in the in the mission. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't see that. And then they bring up Mickey as being too lovable and laid back. So I have my thoughts. Who do you think it will be? I I actually have no idea because <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I still don't know. Who okay, they all Donna. Are. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I just have a general thought about their tactic, though. So we we again we see this quite often, um, and and various versions of the traitors that when deciding on who to murder, they do exactly what you just described. They think. Who's who's never going to be banished? Who does everybody kind of love, um, and who's who's not going to leave the game any other way? But I sort of wonder if that's not always a great idea because I sort of think, don't you also want to keep some of those people around until the end? Like, I'm I know I'm I know it's only episode two, but mm -hmm. if you're thinking long long term, you're thinking about the end game already. You really want to be left with some gullible people, some yeah. nice people, some quite naive players, because they're the people you want to be able to fool the best at the end. So I just wonder. So you're if... saying you're saying Donna's <laughs> making it all the way to the end. <laughs> um, I mean, psychics don't generally do well in the show, but she, maybe she's worth keeping around. Yeah. So, I mean, she also hasn't, as far as we've seen, gone around. I mean, she has said that she's a psychic, but she's not Chloe going around making huge proclamations about things that immediately are proven wrong. Yeah. Um. And, you know, so. Yeah, she's a very different type of person or a different type of personality, I would yeah. say. Yeah. And so I agree with you. You want to keep gullible people. Um, but I don't think gullible necessarily equates to someone who they would never believe as a traitor. Yeah, she, yeah, it's not necessarily the same thing, sure. Although there's a huge overlap. That Venn diagram <laughs> has is is close to a circle, just not quite exactly a circle. Yeah. Um, like I don't think that they believe Nazila is gullible. I mean, she is a a, a dentist or oral surgeon. Um, but 
I, I, I also don't, you know, they're, they seem, I mean, from the two seconds of conversation, the traders at least seem pretty sure no one will ever think she's, she's one of them. Yeah. So, so anyway, uh, yeah. Continue in uh, letting me know your vast prediction here. I, 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 I I'll go the same as you then. Well, I think this is what you're saying. I'll I'll, I'll go with Nazila. Oh no, I wasn't going to go with Nazila. <gasps> oh, okay. I was thinking it wouldn't be Nazila because we've seen so little of her. Sure. Although I feel like sometimes that happens. Yes, it definitely does. It happens more on the traders than like on Survivor. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, if there's someone they're just not getting a lot of material out of, they're not necessarily going to give them a lot of camera time. And so it could be Nazila. I was thinking they'd want to make another big statement and go with Mickey, another reality TV winner. Yeah, okay. Um, but who knows? Uh, so, so we'll see. Producers might step in and go, stop. Stop getting rid of the big names. <laughs> we yeah. need them. Can you just wait a while, please? Although Mickey himself, when he was introducing himself in the car, was like, I don't know if anyone remembers me. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, and, you know, the other thing is, it's, I mean, winning the amazing race. I mean, I've known uh, some of the people who have won the amazing race. And yes, it takes brains, but it's not necessarily the same type of brains as in a strategic social game. Yeah. You can be a social pariah and not and win the amazing race. You don't alliances are good. Sometimes they will definitely help you win. But, you know, you don't have to form them yeah. uh, the same way you do on, on games like this. So. All right. And with that, we head to the cliffhanger. And we'll we'll see where it goes. Now, I can tell you, well, you may already know this, but I can tell listeners where this podcast is going to be going, because before we finish up, I want to let everyone know we have a great planned lineup of guests for the coming weeks, including a former player from the U.S. Traders season, a fan favorite player from the recent second Australian season, uh, one of the winners of the New Zealand season, and several friends of mine who have been following or covering reality TV for many years, uh, one of whom you know goes back. He was an associate editor of mine on my... Uh, website uh, over a decade ago. So he's been following, you know, all of them have been following reality TV for a long, long time. So that's what people can look forward to as we uh, as we progress through the game and through the weeks here. Now, normally at this point in the podcast, I would have my guest talk about and promote whatever they're doing. <laughs> um now, you're obviously more of a known quantity here, Matthew, uh, but you, since you're mostly taking time off from the podcast, what else are you up to? I, I am up to, I, well, I'm a writer as well, so you can follow me on Instagram at Matthew J. Keeley. 
Uh, it's the same on X, so you can see what kind of things I'm writing. I'm, uh, I've have some poetry published very recently, which is very nice. Uh, and that's I, and I travel around and take pictures of nice places, and so you can look at them and go, "Oh wow, look at Matthew! He's in a nice place." Uh, <laughs> I've I've been in some TV studios recently, actually. So if you're listening to this, you must like TV. So. If you look at my Instagram, you can see some mm -hmm. cool TV sets that might be quite recognizable, especially to people in the UK. Uh, and I'll also take this chance to just give a couple of shout outs. So big thank you to Helga Knoll. Helga Knoll donated to the podcast Coffee page. Helga lives in Vienna in Austria and is currently watching season one of The Traitors Australia and has discovered the podcast and has been listening along. So thank you very, very much to Helga. That was lovely. Really appreciate that. Uh, Australia season one, as I've said this often in the podcast, I think it's my, my favorite version of The Traitors. So I'm very mm -hmm. excited for Helga to be watching it. I'm strangely jealous of Helga to be watching it for the first time. <laughs> I want to go back. I want to experience it again afresh. Uh, and yeah, another... it, was, it was definitely, and I've said this before too, definitely the most strategic yes. version. Um, you know, the US was my favorite for not necessarily game reasons, but for personalities, which for people who know me are like, wait, is that you, David? Hello? Because <laughs> you always favor the game over personalities. But you know, some things are bigger than the game. Yes. And the winner of the U.S. was. Uh, but uh, yes, Australia, had it not been for that, I think Australia season one would, would also be uh, my favorite. I really enjoyed New Zealand as well. But I, I almost view New Zealand as a different game because so many people knew each other. But yeah. Yeah, a different a different dynamic, definitely. Mm -hmm. uh, I have another quick thank you to Magnus on X. Uh, Magnus has been in touch a, a couple of times, uh, but recently sent me a, a little factoid, which I didn't realize. In my New Zealand recap episode, I suggested introducing a new element to the show. I, I said I thought it would be interesting if the murdered and banished faithfuls are filmed as they're told the truth about who the traitors really are, and we can see the reactions maybe in the cars as they leave. Uh, but Magnus tells me that this actually does happen in the traitors Norway. So they they do this thing where they, they film people who've been eliminated finding out the truth. And apparently in Norway, you can watch that online mm. or maybe on social media. So you, you do get to see people's reactions. Uh, so I think, I actually think I was being psychic there. I think I picked it up from the ether so I should yes, be signed likely. up as a yes. Traitors cast member because they love psychics on this show. <laughs> so, and I know you too as yes. well, David. So, yes, definitely, definitely. <laughs> uh, yeah, and for uh, you know, normally we uh, save this till the end, but uh, for anyone who wants to be like Helga, uh, they can uh, drop a few a few bucks or a few whatever it is in whatever country you're in at uh, uh, coffee.com slash Matthew Keeley, and that's K-O-F-I uh, for coffee. Uh, I was actually trying to find an app. I, I was like, oh, there must be an app. And as far as I could tell, there is no actual coffee app. Although there is an app called Buy Me a Coffee, but it doesn't seem to be. <laughs> it, it's almost like they're trying to scam. I, I won't say scam. It could be legit. Maybe they had the same idea at the same time. But yes, it's not the same thing. So 
All right. I wish I had uh, ended the Tradar Traitor game before you told me that story about Magnus, because now I'm wondering if that was the lie. <laughs> but I, I didn't, so I'm just going to have to deal with it. Did you, in fact, lie to me? Yes, I did. Okay. Well, I lied to you, too. Uh, Excellent. <laughs> that feels weird to say, but yes. that's great. Sometimes people forget, so it's good yes. that you lied. Um, I'll try to guess yours first. Okay. But I'm going to be like Mary. I believe that I am wrong. <laughs> but I think it has to do with the fear factor stuff. I... Do not think Fear Factor is coming back in the UK. I believe that you lied about that. When I said I was watching clips of Fear Factor for a long time today, I was telling the truth. However, I did lie. It was it is not being revived in the UK. Yes! Damn you! <laughs> yeah. No. I thought I would do. I, I thought I snuck it into a truth, and you wouldn't notice. <laughs> oh. Too good. You're too good at this. So I'm so annoyed. I said, I, I told you lots of other little stories along the way. You did. Off. I thought, ha he'll think this is the lie. Yeah. And some of them I was like, oh, it could be, but I don't know. Uh, well, well done, All I right. suppose. Do you have any idea what my lie was? Uh, yes. Um, And I'll pull a Mary oh. as well and say I'm probably wrong. Um, I had a couple of guesses, but then, then I, I'm going to go for the, the the most recent thing that you said that I think might be a lie. I, you you were talking about future guests on the podcast, and you mentioned that one of the New Zealand winners was coming on, and I don't think you've told me that before. So that makes me think that might be a lie. Is that a lie? It's not, and I did tell you. I, I I knew you told me about the uh, an Australia contestant and a US contestant, but the New Zealand thing completely passed me by. Oh my goodness! I even told you, I said, I said that they told me, I really enjoy your strat chat. You're the best in the biz, and I said I'm going to have to change all of my social media for that. Oh, you did! I just forgot who it was. I remember yes. that message. Oh, for goodness sake. I thought it was someone else. <laughs> oh, well, that's... Uh, I, so if it wasn't that one, I'll give you, you know, okay. what would here, it have been? Here are my two other options. My two other options were, you said there's never been... Uh, there is no Canada's... Um, I think you said there's no Canada's survivor... And I wondered if that mm -hmm. was a lie because actually there was at some point. Uh, and then the story about someone at your work, I thought maybe you lied about their name or their gender. Uh, so All were, true. Um, All true. Okay. And things that I threw in. I mean, they were good. I, I threw them in on purpose. I mean, I threw them in because they were good topics, but also I knew that they might distract you. Of I also you thought did. that the Canadian, <laughs> uh, I th also thought you might say the Canadian income tax was was a lie, but no, that was true too. I, I believe I, that, yeah. I flipped the script on Erica because uh, I reversed the situation with my own predictions about Erica back in her season. Nobody saw it coming. Oh, you, you, you know, 
I actually did notice that. I was going to say, you were talking about Erica, and I was going to say, oh, is that the one that you th- that nobody thought was going to win? And it, just as I was thinking it, you then went on to say, and I knew she was going to win, and I thought, yeah. oh, I'm thinking of someone else then. No. <laughs> I should have spoken up. Yeah. I. They gave her such a hidden edit that I think she got more screen time in her one episode here than she did in the first half of the season on Survivor. And because of that, literally on my podcast, in my finale predictions, I explained a path to winning for five of the six, the the, the final six, and said, there is no way Erica can win, so I will not even discuss her. And then went on to the others. Yes. Oh, man, I'm so mad at myself. See, this is what happens when I don't host an episode. I lose all of my skills. It's gone. <laughs> I got yours and you didn't even get mine on three tries. So, <sighs> man. oh, man. All right. Well, there we have it for episode two. But, of course, anyone who wants to reach out and let us know what they think, I am all over social media and reality TV podcasting. I you know, mentioned earlier that I podcast about both Survivor and Big Brother on the Rob Has a Podcast Network, with the name of the show being Why Blank Lost. Uh, those come out every weekend. There should be, you know, they're, both shows are going on right now. So, uh, you know, I'll get two podcasts out in the same weekend uh, for why each player on Survivor and U.S. Big Brother, now I have to clarify, uh, lost. Uh, you can also find my various accounts at Linktree. Uh, at Linktree slash David Bloomberg with a dot before the EE in Linktree. Or you could find me on most text-based social media like Twitter and Blue Sky as at David Bloomberg and on the video platforms, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram as at David Bloomberg TV because Threads is connected to Instagram. I'm at David Bloomberg TV there. Most of my uh, time is on Twitter. I know you call it X. I will continue to call it Twitter <laughs> forever because X is a dumb name. <laughs> Uh, speaking of TikTok and the other video sites, I post three or four reality TV short videos on all of them every day. Uh, right now, I've been posting four because I have so many to post. Uh, they're mostly U.S. Big Brother and Survivor, but I've also already posted several for the Traders Canada, and I'll have a couple more for this episode. Everyone should also make sure to check out the accounts uh, for this podcast overall, uh, which, of course, is you know, mostly Matthew uh, taking care of them. You can uh, find us on Instagram at the Tradar Podcast and on Twitter as at the Tradar Pod. These are in addition to the ones that he already mentioned for himself. You can also email the Tradar Podcast at gmail.com. And as I mentioned before, if you'd uh, like to help the podcast, go to uh, kofi.com which i guess is coffee but coffee. it's ko-fi.com <laughs> slash matthew keely uh do you have any other closing thoughts uh i am looking for I, I although i won't be on the podcast every time i will be watching the rest of the season i'll be following along obviously listening to this podcast religiously uh and i i will be back eventually mm-hmm. Uh, which I'm very excited about. Yes, me too. Uh, Looking forward to that. It'll be a little while, and who knows when you might pop up. (laughs) In the meantime, I'll be back here in a week with another guest. 
Hope everybody tunes in and feel free to reach out through social media in the meantime. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.